Hi, it's Brad Orsted, and welcome to another episode of Take It Outside. Let's get right into it today. If you remember from the last episode, I had woke up hungover and ashamed in Yellowstone again. The night before, I had washed down a handful of my prescriptions with a bottle of cheap vodka, trying to outrun the guilt and torment of our 15-month-old daughter Marley dying mysteriously at my mom's house. It had been almost 700 days since we lost Marley, but the guilt I felt for ever trusting my mom had only intensified and was finally killing me. I had wrote in my journal that the best thing that could happen to me was I would die on one of my excursions and the birds and the bears could eat me and ship me out somewhere beautiful. Now I was booze-sick, ashamed, and wandering aimlessly in the back country of Yellowstone again. When I thought I saw something tannish-colored in an ocean of silvery-green sage. Then it lifted its head. That brownish thing in the distance I thought was an elk was now much, much closer with its head up looking directly at me. Oh shit, that's a bear, I thought, stopping in my tracks. Oh no, that's a grizzly bear. My heart gave one hard boof, out of rhythm beat, momentarily forgetting what to do, then began pounding furiously, boom, 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 as if to make up for it. The cardiac aberration caused me to gasp as I realized exactly what I had done. During my woe-is-me pity party, I had accidentally wandered upon a grizzly bear doing whatever grizzly bears do at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday in May. We locked gazes. The bear turned sideways to me and let out a (gasps) I stood frozen in terror. I'd read all the books and even proclaimed to know something about grizzlies from a safe distance. But this was very different. This bear was way too close with nothing between us except sage and destiny. It could be on me in seconds, yet it didn't seem alarmed or really even bothered. Nor did it seem interested in my trivial book knowledge of grizzlies or my current shameful predicament. I had seen several grizzly bears hundreds of yards out while playing roadside expert to unsuspecting tourists, but this was much closer. This bear's dark brown coat was completely soaked and matted from the night's steady rain. The hair on its forehead ran in wet channels and there was mud all over the end of its snout. The bear raised its head and articulated its lips like it was pointing or tasting the air and stomped both of its back feet on the ground, one after the other while exhaling again. (gasps) With its classic dish face and massive hump of muscle between its shoulders, there was no mistaking that this was a grizzly bear and I had invaded its space. Then, Unceremoniously, the grizzly lowered its head and proceeded in the same direction it was going when it first noticed me. Just like that, the bear disappeared back into the waist-high Wyoming big sage and out of view. But I still couldn't move. The adrenaline dump 
into my system had ramped up my heart rate, but it made my legs feel like wet marshmallows. Staring off towards the swale where the grizzly disappeared, I could occasionally catch the bear's great silvery brown hump surface like a dorsal fin in a sea of glistening spring sage. And then it was gone. No matter how hard I squinted, all I saw was the increasing heat waves rising off the valley floor as the morning sun now broke over the remnants of the passing storm clouds. Feeling like any immediate danger was gone, as long as I stood there for a little while, I started processing what had just happened. The sun was now burning off what was left of the morning fog, but all I could see was that bear's face. Then that bear's face juxtaposed over the image of Marley's face. I could actually feel the memory being created. The image I kept seeing of Marley's face in her bear onesie was like a transparency over the face of the bear I just saw all too closely. Tears welled up in my eyes and I felt nauseated again. My ears started buzzing like there were cicadas at dusk invading my head. I began to emit a sound somewhere between a wheeze and a moan. Standing there soaked from the waist down and shivering in grizzly country, I laughed until tears streamed down my face. Maybe it was the inappropriate reaction to a dangerous situation by a shock victim or someone who just didn't give an F anymore, but I laughed and cried until I made snot bubbles. That grizzly bear was so close, I could see the whites of its eyes when it turned sideways, dropped its head, and looked right through me. Maybe I was too pathetic looking to be a threat, or maybe it even feared contracting some disease from me, but it simply walked away like our meeting was no big deal. The same would never be true for me. Swooning and blubbering in the meadow, I realized two things. I never wanted to be that close to a grizzly bear again. And I definitely did not want to be consumed and shit out somewhere beautiful anymore. As my wild encounter sank in, a series of terrifying thoughts occurred to me. What if that bear was circling back for me? If there was one grizzly out here, couldn't there be two? Or more? What if there was something already dead out here in the swamp and I was in the valley of the grizzlies? My sojourn for the snowy peaks would have to wait until another day. Seeing anything discernible in the direction the bear disappeared was now nearly impossible with the sun fully up and unfettered by clouds. I felt very small and insignificant, yet strangely alive. Surrounded by millions of acres of wilderness in Yellowstone with a grizzly bear roaming nearby. I turned around to look for my truck when I noticed the yarrow, biscuit root, and what looked like sticky geraniums growing around me. On closer inspection, there were shooting stars, lupin, and larkspur all thriving in the shadows of the big sage. 
I hadn't noticed any of these on my way out while I fussed with my boots and pants. I felt bad that I had probably trampled several wildflowers being off trail and completely clueless. My truck was a dot in the distance, and with the unfiltered sun now warming things up quickly, I decided to take my chances and walk the same course back. When I realized I'd missed not only wildflowers all around me, but a grizzly bear rooting within a stone's throw, I wondered what else I'd missed while trapped in my grief. The sweat poured off me as I became frightened in my surroundings and moved hurriedly to the road in my truck. The realization that I had absentmindedly walked into an area I knew to contain grizzly bears washed over me. This was wild country, and it didn't give three shits about my tragedy. I scanned in every direction as I hurried along. That feeling of being completely insignificant and now exposed welled up inside of me again as I hustled panicky to the safety of my truck. The closer I got to the parking lot, the thinner and shorter the vegetation became until I was walking freely with nothing to impede my steps. Reaching my truck, I looked down to see both boots untied and my down jacket ripped in two places. I was soggy, quivering, covered in some kind of Velcro seed pods, and seriously booze sick. But I also felt exhilarated and even a bit elated, an excitement like I was a kid who had trespassed and narrowly gotten away with it. Watching a mating pair of sandhill cranes fly over the marsh and call out like pterodactyls, I also realized how lucky I was the grizzly bear kept moving. I found bottled water on the truck floor and drank it in one long gulp, hoping it would stay down. Staring out onto the flats, I tried to pinpoint exactly where my close encounter had happened. But the ubiquitous sage maze all around just looked the same now. I started to cry again. There was no holding it back. The weight of what could have happened and the paralyzing fear I felt in the moment began to register. I was embarrassed and ashamed that I had let my still drunk emotions get in the way of my better judgment. It could have cost me my life. But wasn't that what I wanted? To walk off into the wilderness and lay down to die with my sadness? To be consumed and shit out somewhere beautiful in lieu of a tortured life? Here I was next to an apex predator that could easily oblige my deluded, suicidal fantasies. But when the opportunity presented itself, I cowered like a child. So maybe I didn't really want to die. I just didn't know how to live. disclaimer. One thing I want to instill in my listeners is I in no way encourage getting close to any predator, especially a grizzly bear. My encounter was complete stupidity on my part and should in no way be romanticized or attempted. I've spent every day of my life since that incident with a deep respect for the wild and made it my mission to tell the grizzly's story from a very safe and very respectable distance. 
it goes without saying, which is why I should probably say it, do not try this at home. Please respect wildlife and the lessons they have for us all. Well, that's it for season one. I want to thank you all for staying with me on this difficult and painful journey through tragedy and redemption in the wild. Season one, I laid the groundwork for how I found myself a grief-stricken prescription addict who drowned what was left of his soul with vodka, even while surrounded by the beauty of Yellowstone, until this chance encounter changed the trajectory of my life. So I'll start season two next month, March 2021, which will jump right into the lessons I learned from wolves and grizzly bears and how the wild gave me the gratitude attitude that helped me survive. Until then, be safe and don't forget to take it outside.